You are going to tell me everything I don't know, or I'm going to blow your head off. Monsters exist. Yesterday, I was a crackpot. But today? You dropped those charges to flush something out. Who are you? Ancient species owned this earth long before mankind, and if we keep our heads buried in the sand, they will take it back. My agency is known as Monarch. We specialize in the hunt for massive, unidentified terrestrial organisms. You knew that thing was out here? I'm sorry for your men, Colonel. I truly am. Get us home with proof so we can send the cavalry. Hey guys! Hey. Okay. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? All right. We yeah. Just song. Song. We song. Just saw. Yeah. We we just we just sang the song of Kong. Um. <laughs> we yeah. Saw Kong Skull Island. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. I'm guest star Matt. Yes. Matt decided to uh, wedge his way into this uh, thing, but we love it. My yeah. presence is superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the Wages of Cinema. Um, where we are going to review, uh, the new Warner Brothers legendary Kong Skull Island. Yes. Or I should say Skull! 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 <laughs> that never gets old. For, for those wondering, what that's a running it's gag like, from... We'll explain later. Yeah. Um... Uh, let me talk, uh, let me start off by saying I was really looking forward to this film once I saw the first trailer. Yeah, and, thought, and, if, and if you recall... Uh, for those listeners that were uh, listening last summer, um, we actually talked about this when we did our episode about trailers from Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, we did kind of a riff on it. Uh, you know, we had some jokes, but ultimately, I think at the end of it, we kind of just stopped saying things. And we're just like, this is just awesome. Yeah. And was it awesome, Jack? I thought it was pretty damn awesome. Guest star, Matt? Awesome certified. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Just pretty good. It was pretty good. Okay, not all the way to awesome, though. No, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But well, let's I, go over I might... the plot. Yeah, okay. Okay, so Kong Skull Island. It's kind of a prequel. No, it's not a prequel to anything. <laughs> this is... <laughs> all right, let's, uh, uh, here's how I'd explain it. Okay. Three years ago, we had Godzilla, the new Godzilla movie. And this is technically the second installment in... Well, I guess it's like a Monsters Verse franchise from Warner Brothers. And the thing is, though, the, the, seeing this movie, you don't have to have seen Godzilla. Which but is because cool, I didn't. God. Oh, you didn't see Godzilla? I, no, I didn't see the new Godzilla. Trust me, huh. I, you didn't miss much. Yeah, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But the thing is, this is, I guess, kind of a C-prequel boot. This is a reimagining of the story of King Kong. Yes, there you where go. Where people go to Skull Island in order to <laughs> explore the island in the 1970s, just in in the in the era, just at the closing of the Vietnam War. Yeah, and it's a bunch of soldiers. It's a bunch of scientists. John Goodman is there. Well, as okay. Well. Let me let me try to explain <laughs> and, it a little bit more clearly. And, so John and, Goodman and they run into King Kong. Yeah, good. John Goodman goes to this senator and says. Look, uh, you know, because this is in 1973. The the year is pretty significant as well, and we'll get to that in a little bit, I'm sure, too. He goes to the center and says, look, there's this island that we, you know, it's called Skull Island. He doesn't Skull? Do, he doesn't do that. I think he learned from Peter Jackson that time. Um, and he says, look, 
there's this island here that nobody has ever found and nobody's ever been to. It it it's almost like it doesn't exist, but it does. We need to go to it. And he asks for a military envoy to help him bring in Sam Jackson, who Samuel L. Jackson, I should say. He we have to always put in the L. And he is kind of bummed out because the you war know, is ending. Well, the war is ending. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson is, and his crew are basically the only people in America who aren't glad <laughs> the Vietnam War is ending. Samuel Jackson is basically Robert Duvall from Apocalypse Now. Crossed it, with Captain Ahab from Moby Dick. A little bit of Ahab. I didn't quite think of that. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but, and then you have to remember in Apocalypse Now, that was in the middle of the war. This is towards the end of the war. And, you know, but, but at any rate, J John Goodman and Liz Sam J you know, Jackson... Tom Hilston also comes in the picture because he's like a Bre British special forces guy. Uh, Brie Larson is a photographer. Yeah, uh, she's been in combat as well. Uh, but uh, and we'll get to her. And then there are other side characters. They all go to Skull Island. They somehow break through, and their mission initially is to just drop, well, seismic charges, which is a euphemism for bombs, uh, to do some type of thing. And then, oh, what the hell is this? It's a gigantic fucking ape. <laughs> <laughs> that, by, that is, by the way, not a line from the movie, but still pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, well, the thing about this, too, that it's important to note, in all the previous times that we've had Kong movies, and officially, I guess, counting Toho movie, oh, do we even count them, or are they like a side thing we don't bother with? I don't know. Okay, they're I'm not sure what point you're trying to make. So let's Hollywood has put out five Kong movies. Right. You have Kong, King Kong, and Son of Kong in the 30s. You have the remake of King Kong from Daniel De Laurentiis, and then uh, King Kong Lives, which was basically like I still I haven't seen it, but I watched the Angry Video Game Nerds review, and it looked like. Uh, Kong meets Crank 2. Yeah, I want to see it sometime. Yeah, yeah it looks pretty bad, but, but the, it also looks kind of fun. The trailers keep saying, America's biggest hero is back, and he's angry. <laughs> and he has a mechanical heart. <laughs> yes, they don't explain that part that they try, but, but anyway, my right, point is, cool, but... and, and then of course, Peter Jackson's King Kong from 10 years ago. Right. All those King Kongs were much smaller than this one. This is the first time we've had King Kong, and he's really big yeah. like i don't know how much size wise you could say he is but in this it, it, you know the king kong we know and love is about 30, 50 feet tall at most yeah uh the king kong in this film is easily 200 feet yeah and i think they they obviously are doing that for a specific reason yeah, he's maybe a little somewhere between 200 and 300 he's yeah he is pretty huge and the reason for that is is because you need a monster roughly Godzilla's size to fight against him in the upcoming King Kong versus Godzilla film. Yeah, and that's not that's not getting into spoilers. That's just common knowledge that again, that's what Warner Brothers is doing. They had their Man of Steel. They didn't have Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice. They decided to actually go more of the Marvel route yeah. with this, which is kind of interesting that you think that they're from the same studio. But Warner Brothers is being, I think, a lot more smart with this franchise than one than that person one. is not in charge of everything. No, I guess not. But uh, but somebody should at Warner Brothers should uh, get a pat on the back for greenlighting this because this is this is what I want to see when it comes to reimaginings. We could call that's, them. That's that's worth pointing out because I heard about Kong Skull Island 
you know, early on when it was saying, oh, we're going to do this movie. It's like a prequel thing to King Kong. And I'm like, and, and that idea of like, you're just going to have like a prequel where it just takes place on Skull Island and it's before like everything else. And it's like, this seems silly. This seems like an unnecessary prequel. Hmm. Then the trailer came out and I said, oh, oh, this is, now I see what they're getting at. This it's not, it's not a simple King Kong before King Kong. It's, it's King using... Kong in another place, in another time. We are telling a different story with the same ideas. Not only that, and we're, it using, really we're using cool. historical context, too. Yes. We're setting it in an actual... What was an actual war? Right. And which... Maybe some people might... I don't know if some people take issue with that, but I, I don't think I am just because... Like, looking at it in... I don't know if I'm going to get too deep into this, but... Uh, like, looking symbolically, picking that particular war, picking that it's Vietnam, I think it has some it has some kind of significance. It has to mean something. Well, I mean, John Goodman was in this, and he fought in Vietnam during, in The Big Lebowski, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure this has something to do with it. And what does it have to do with Nam? What does everything have to do with Nam? <laughs> no, but, like, you think about it, like, by the time the war ended, there's a lot of, like frustration in america over how we didn't win we're kind of abandoning this that's what samuel jackson says he's not we didn't lose we're we're abandoning this and the the <laughs> we didn't lose because they were better we lost because we chose them. <laughs> yeah exactly we're taking the high ground and leaving <laughs> that's kind of what he says in a way because he says that to brie larson early in the film um and yeah like the idea of military might, this idea that we have this big army and we're going to defeat this thing in the jungle. I don't know. I feel like there could be like a good, like treat, like a dissertation or something about this movie in relation to Jack, do the pun you were talking to me before we saw the movie. Do the pun. Do the pun. <clears throat> do the Excuse pun. me. I have to straighten my tie and mm. you might call it Viet Cong. There, that was the fun. <laughs> See, Corey in the background is applauding She's me. She's married to you. I, I, I honestly, this, that's not. Really she'd have to applaud you, otherwise she'd go insane. See, I actually said another thing to you in the theater beforehand, and I think I was making you angry because I said you have to put it into the Viet Cong text. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so the point is though, it's really cool that they made this decision. It's not just let's just. Put this movie in any particular time or place the it's almost there's like iconography you know you have all those helicopters coming into skull island they're blasting black sabbath when they're first coming in and right. uh you know playing lots of vietnam music throughout the mute i'd say vietnam music i, I mean <laughs> rock, rock and roll the the music of <laughs> that period they brought a record player along and apparently they have the, like the best record library of 19th oh yeah it's it's <laughs> They got I mean, Ziggy Stardust in there. They yeah, got Black Sabbath, the Stooges. Right, and uh, it, it, what's kind of interesting though is that I thought at first, oh, in this first act, you know, they'll have the record player and they'll be playing, and then when all of the uh, helicopters come crashing down because of Kong, then you know it'll just be the score. But somehow they managed to keep the record player safe, right. so that it can keep spinning records as the movie goes on. Yeah. But it was, uh... Uh, yeah, well, so anyway. How <laughs> oh, about, I'm sorry, how about I, I Kong, blanked out for a minute. How about Kong himself? The, here's where I want to... 
I was trying to figure out how do I look at this film, and I really latched onto it as a comparison and a contrast to Godzilla 2014. Good, because I want to talk to you about this. All right, so let's talk about it now. Uh, this film, in general, is a is a very is a really marked improvement. Oh, on the approach, much, much more. On the approach much they more. took towards Godzilla, because I was actually listening to our podcast about Godzilla, and I was okay. thinking about, you know, and in that I talked about, well, what's the problem with this? It's like, well, it's because of the tone, and because Godzilla is barely in it. Well, they're and, okay. Sorry, and you know they don't. And Gareth Edwards didn't seem to know what he wanted to do with the film. Mm. Now this one, Kong is in this way more, and he actually has. The rudiments of character. Yes. I, yeah. You see him more often, and you don't just see him, you know, breaking up helicopters or fighting monsters. Even though he does that superbly in this film, he he's sometimes he's just kind of there, walking around, doing his thing, sitting around, looking at the sky, and it's Con- like this is this is a, a creature with. Maybe not personality, but it, it oh, has oh, an I dis- identity. Oh, I think he totally has personality. That's something that I especially appreciate, because one of the things in both the original 33 Kong and the Peter Jackson Kong especially, you got to really see the personality of King Kong. That's something that, you know, occasionally in the Toho movies, they do a they do a job of trying to give Godzilla a little bit of goofy personality. You know, occasionally he'll do a little dance after a fight. But, but in this, he's... King if Kong. he well, he if he doesn't have an arc, he at least has the makings of an arc in a way. Like he has when you first see he has him, motivation. Yeah, he has. Uh, motivation. I would say he has a rudimentary character. <coughs> now, granted, well, some maybe of this character arc. I mean, he yeah. has he has things now, to do and he accomplishes goals. Yeah. and all. Yeah, and you know, pretty he, good for a giant ape. Yes. Now he's also we're kind of told some of this information and shown a little bit of it. Now you could argue, well, maybe we should have been shown more instead of told, but. I'm not going to argue when it's John C. Riley yeah. telling it to me. John and, C. Riley, and that's going to. No, I'm sorry. Not only is he is, is he good in this, but he, his I mean, okay. his character performs a very important function in this film because you know you, you've seen the trailers with him in it. He is a he is a man who's been stranded on this island for decades, mm-hmm. and he knows what he knows how the island works. He knows who Kong is, and he knows what this is all about. I mean, we learn a lot about Kong from him. Yes. And and yet he's not boring also. He's a very fun character. He's wildly entertaining because he has kind of a hopelessness about him, but it's that kind of hopelessness where he's like... <laughs> kind of crazy hopelessness. <laughs> yeah, which is really fun. And, but that's why I wanted to add on to what you were saying as far as why this is superior, much more so than Godzilla. Because the thing with Godzilla, I'm glad you brought this up too in terms of... Because uh, I thought about Brian Cranston in that movie. And how much Brian Cranston was just completely wasted in that film. And Not I, like drunk, I mean, no, really utilized. But, but yeah, well, he, he shows up for the first act, and he in a way has a little bit of the kind of thing that John C. Riley has, where he previously dealt with Godzilla. He's also kind of like John Goodman in this film. He's someone who's searching for answers and yeah. is obsessed by his quest for for for, for answers, basically. Yeah, and that's a really fascinating character, but then in that movie... They just kind of did away with him, and then we spend the rest oh, of the movie... Oh, they killed him at the, at the end of the first act. Yeah, he has this amazing moment, which you see in the trailers, where he's like, You're hiding something, and I want to know! Yeah. We're family! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Breaking Bad reference I slipped in there. Um, but the point is, 
this movie has great characters, or or at least good characters to me. It has, it has more it has personality. Godzilla, except for Brian Cranston and maybe Ken Watanabe, all the human characters. Ken just Watanabe sucked. was good, except I remember him more for being the only Let them fight. Japanese man in yes. the entire plot. Yeah. Now the thing is with this movie, okay, you could say, well, some of the characters they don't aren't developed quite enough. But I love the cast, and they do a lot with what they're given. The cast is great. The characters are good. The problem for me is that there are too many characters. Hmm. I've read this from a couple of people online. I uh, there. Are, I can maybe see that by the end of by by the middle of the second act, it's like <laughs> the 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 number of people who have been killed. <laughs> hold on, hold on. The I'm number sorry. of pe- a lot of people have been killed by the middle of the film. Yeah, and we still got about. 20 people left throughout the throughout the film and we and we know the important ones we know you know tom hiddleston and john c Riley and samuel jackson and and you know mark evan jackson is in there too but i'm sorry matt go ahead i I know we've been kind of we kind of left you out of this like i said i'm superfluous but sorry um (laughs) yeah what'd you think of this uh yeah i liked a lot um i thought john c Riley kind of reminded me of ben gunn minus the pirates you know from treasure island Uh, oh yeah that's the bringing more literary references into this kong Um, he's yeah he's a similar sort of character yeah and basically anybody who's associated with the marvel cinematic universe is like an important character that you need to worry about in this film. And, um, <laughs> the rest of them have good chemistry and are just kind of there to like pick things up Here- and add a bit of like, ooh, is this person actually worth saving or are they cannon fodder for crazy monsters? That's the thing. Like, aside from all the high profile actors, everybody else, I mean, they say funny things, which are genuinely yeah, funny. They have good that, lines. It's yeah. just that they don't have much character to them. It's just like. We gotta fill in the 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 cracks in this sort of yeah. uh, wall of personality. Let's just put a whole bunch of random people in there so we could spackle over this. I don't necessarily think that's a problem so much because you're not really going there to see like army grunts. It's not like ooh big army recruitment video. Let's spend all the time okay. with these guys in helicopters. He, you're there for King Kong, yeah. and King Kong is great in this movie. Yeah, here's the here's here's yeah here's why I would go to to, to Matt's point. Yeah, there are maybe too many characters. If I saw this again, maybe I would pick up on that more. Um, and there are even a couple of moments which we'll get more we'll into talk it. About it yeah, but there are a couple <laughs> of characters who literally are killed off, just kind of almost as like, well, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> but the the key thing is, a hey, yeah, it's a lot of the dialogue is just very funny. All the char- even if the characters don't have too much given to them, like uh, that one army character, that one army guy who was... army guy number three. <sighs> no, it... the guy who was an Agent Carter. No, the, the, I know him from Boardwalk Empire. I'm trying to remember this actor's name now. Shay him? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, him. Is he on that show? Uh, he was in the first season of Agent Carter, and he sucked. But okay. he's really good at this. <laughs> no, well, he was really good in Boardwalk Empire. But yeah, he's. <clears throat> like he's a character who you could say maybe is a little superfluous to the story um but i enjoyed seeing him he had good rapport with the other characters which again kind of comparing back to godzilla nobody had rapport in that movie that movie was just kind of chugging along until 
okay, finally, all right, let's get to the climax and get to Godzilla doing his thing. So that movie, when I look yeah. back on it, there's so little about that that's not memorable. This, to me, was very memorable because I can go back to this movie and it has a lot of rewatchability. Like, this almost has... I'm going to make a daring comparison. This almost has the rewatchability of something Citizen like... Citizen Kane. <laughs> sure. No, a Jurassic Park. Huh. Because like, to me, Jurassic Park, that movie can be very funny. The dialogue in that movie is very clever. There, now, so, And it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yeah! How about that? <laughs> well, I, I did roll my eyes one time in this movie. One genuine eye roll. <laughs> I don't know if you even heard me rolling my eyes next to you. Uh, there is a moment where they're about to they're about to leave their ship on the on the helicopters, and Samuel Jackson tells his men, "Hold on to your butts." What's that a reference to? That's one of his. That's like his key line from Jurassic Park. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in a long time. Ooh, you should catch up on that. And I know that I think that we that's had... a film with the dinosaurs, right? <laughs> Ah. Did we have a discussion a while back about if that's a monster movie or yes, not? Yes, we did, and it's not. I think it is. It's not. It is. It's not. It is, Matt. Um, I would kind of go with, yeah, because the monster... Well, which, the, yeah. The, the, no, the, the monster is man. <laughs> but, but the no, man is king. The dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are not, like, historically accurate to real life, so you can say that man has tampered with them and made monsters out of what they would be had we actually been in the Jurassic era. Like, you know, the, the Velociraptors are more like Dionychus, and nobody has feathers, and so forth and so on. But back to King Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the, monster movie. Uh, wow, Corey off mic just said that Jurassic Park is not a monster movie. It's not. Uh, anyway. I'm going to ask the audience later. But the point is, this movie just, it keeps moving. It has a great yes. pace. It, you know, it has so many... Now, let's talk about... When we talk about King Kong, the other monsters in this. Oh, my God. There are so many different creatures that they that they put into this film. It feels like a real world you're stepping into. And you get... You learn about certain things, and other things are only hinted at. There's, There's so much possibility. Yeah, there is... I would say, ultimately, the Skullwalkers come across as a little generic... Uh, they were just, still scary. They're, they're, I actually was terrified of them. I I I didn't feel the same way. I mean, it's basically it's it's a lizard that drags itself on two legs and it doesn't have eyes. Maybe it probably does have eyes. Yeah. But, I mean, it's uh, other than that. I guess, how would I describe it to somebody? It's like that's eh, basically just like a lizard. But I like the fact that they weren't just dinosaurs. They were definitely, like, big, weird, monster, kaiju kind of things. They were a combination of what you might picture certain dinosaurs from the prehistoric era looking at, or what we've been told they look like, although and kaiju. On, although apparently on Skull Island, there have been dinosaurs. Up, almost recently. Huh. Because in that scene where they're crossing that valley full of bones, mm -hmm. that guy sets up his machine gun on a tyrannosaur, no, triceratops. on a triceratops yeah. skull. Yeah. There, and it's like, I, I guess maybe it's a reference ultimately, but I mean... I wonder if one day they're going to have a prequel to this prequel where they show like... Where it's the Korean War and then... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it'll be like... Uh, like uh spanish american no no, like, no 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 oh, no we no. just took the philippines no now no no, no, explore no. This no I'm, I'm going further back you get genghis khan and, <laughs> and you have like khan no, we versus already, kong we already we already saw the great wall 
<laughs> oh, oh God. Matt, have you seen The Great Wall? I have not seen The Great Wall yet. Uh, okay, listen to our review. Yeah. I will do that. <laughs> All right. But but what I appreciate, though, so the, we have these monsters, but we also have other creatures that, like... Giant for, spider. Giant spider. That weird log insect. I was, saw that you were... That you really lit up when you saw that. Yeah, that was cool. I mean, it was it was only <coughs> in the film for, like, for less than a minute, but when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is... That's a really clever idea. Yeah. I, let me... I, I won't go too much into it, but think about a stick bug, and think about a log bug. Yeah. There you go. And, like, what was kind of... I, I, I like that moment, too, because then it happened, the soldier is sitting on it, and then it moves, and he comes off and tries to shoot that, and the stick bug kind of walks away like... <laughs> like, it looks really hurt, and I kind of went, aww. <laughs> then there's a violent thing that happens after that, but I won't... I mean, going back to another Oh, and there's also a big water buffaloes, too. Like those big yeah. bison thing. So there are and, other and, animals that... And that wasn't necessarily ferocious, but it was a really nice touch to just have a monster that was... It was it's, it's, it's basically just like a giant cow. Yeah. yeah. And it just moves around the island, and it's just totally cool. Yeah. You know? Um, Plus pteranodons that are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Pteranodon? Which one was that? Flying... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, the Pteranodons. Uh... Uh, the th if I, but if I have to draw another comparison to Godzilla again, I mean, think about the Muto, uh, the, the, are we going Muto or Muto? Muto sounds better. Well, the were Muto those the other creatures? in Godzilla, those were a really good design. I really enjoyed those two monsters. I don't remember them that well. They were... They were kind of mothy, but they also had this exoskeleton, and they had jaws, and like I could describe so much about them, and they were re they looked really good, just even next to Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, when you compare Kong to these Skullwalkers, it's just kind of like big ape squ squishing big lizard. See, I I was okay with the design because of how the movie was working for me, just as far as how it was directed, because I was feeling the. I was feeling the tension from the actual filmmaking, whereas watching Godzilla, the monsters looked cool, but they just the filmmaking itself didn't involve me until the climax as much. Like the well, atta the the attacks that happened with those other creatures. I don't know, were they in other Godzilla movies? No. Okay. Um, Giant they, spider. Whenever they attacked in the movie before they got to Godzilla in the last 15, 20 minutes. I never really felt much excitement. I never really felt like, oh, this is really a, a dangerous situation for these characters. In this, because they do so much good work with the characters, to at least kind of guess invested in them, like, there's this one sequence about, it's a little over halfway through the movie, maybe two-thirds, where they're going into this area where there's just, like, basically like a graveyard, and it's, like, covered in, there's all this smoke or fog, and it's just the tension building up to what's going to happen is insane. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, if I, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think if that is, it is a legitimate criticism. I just didn't get, I wasn't as bothered by it as I guess you were. I, I, I don't really, I, I, I'm not particularly interested in how those creatures worked, but every scene they were in, they play, uh, they played those scenes up for what they were worth, and they were fantastic. especially the final battle. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> there were times where I was just kind of had this gigantic big smile, and my mouth was yeah, I open. Saw that. I was like, ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, 
uh, also Samuel Jackson is pretty awesome in this movie. Mm. He's just like full on huge eyed villainy <laughs> going on. Um, there was one really small touch. You ever notice like there occasionally you might watch a movie and there'll be like a tiny little touch, even just like a prop that might make you go, huh? It's a weird little thing. I know what you're talking about. Do you? No, I mean, I, I know the... You, you know the type of thing. Okay. I know what you don't you're know talking what I'm about. You know what I don't I'm about know to say. the thing okay. you're going to talk All right. about. Uh, when they first introduced Samuel Jackson, he's like in his office, and he like, he he has a book on his desk, and I, my eyes caught what it the book was. It was open to Ezekiel 25, 17. Of course it was. No. Um, <laughs> no, it was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I thought about that later on in the movie, like how this character ends up or how this character is. I'm like, it's kind of an odd book for this character to read. Again, I, I know that's a really that now I am really nitpicking. Yeah. But <clears throat> like, as far as where this character goes, it might ultimately I, have just been another sort of. This is the period. Peri period reference. Yeah, I guess so. Well, at least he wasn't reading Catch Twenty Two. Right. That would have been on the nose. All right, a little um, too much. And we mentioned John C. Riley again. He is just, oh man. Again, they 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 just did so great by his character. Uh, um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else with some of the actors. Uh, what do you think? You thought you liked the cast too? I did like the cast. They had good chemistry, and they kept things hopping along real well. And um, like they, it was. They, I think the characters really helped set the tone that it was a realistic, like horror war survival movie, but it wasn't like a depressing slog one. Like it was a fun adventure pulp kind of feeling. Yes. That you got into it and you rooted for them and you got excited when they fought monsters. It's, yeah. It's it, it sets it sets everything into this sort of grim and sort of grimy post Vietnam era. But, well, just but the characters do exist as these sort of stocks. Uh, like, I'm not saying this is bad, uh, but they do fit into these archetypes of pulp, which you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, you've got, oh, the, sure. you've got the mercenary rogue, you've got the crazed military man, you've got, like, the reporter slash photographer who's yeah. a woman. Uh, you got the scientist, mm -hmm. you got, well, tons of scientists. Mm -hmm. And then, kind of, I think it's when you get away from those that the characters really start to weaken. They weaken a little bit, but, you know, but here's you, one here's you, one thing I would say. You, they end up being mostly cannon fodder. A little bit cannon fodder, <laughs> but I will give it this. I never got, I never saw that moment in the movie where somebody's like, hey, this is my girlfriend. I can't wait to go back home. No, there, <laughs> there are two moments in this Are film. there? Yes. Really? Yeah. I kind of missed that. Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll discuss them in spoilers. All right. Which should probably be coming up soon. Okay, so let's... um. General thoughts about this movie. I, I had a really great time. I had a much better time seeing this than I than when I saw Godzilla. And frankly, that's all I was really asking for. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what all you can ask for when you watch any monster movie. I mean, with the exception maybe of the first King Kong and the first Godzilla, or Gojira, whatever you want to call it. They they are um, those are movies that are much more heightened in their they're, they're much more iconic, and they're much deeper when you look at them in a lot of ways. Other monster movies, it's more about, let's have some good monsters, let's, let's have, have some, some fun characters, let's have some destruction. And this gives you a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. I know it's like a cliche. But. This fits very well into the sort of films that I grew up loving. 
where you were in a strange place where you found this giant monster and it was like, how do we survive and how do we help kill other giant monsters? Yeah. Uh, and this and was, this is a worthy entry into the Kong. Very worthy. Yeah. Kong Cannon? Kong Cannon. I was trying not to say Kong Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> With a, a K. <laughs> it's a good King Kong film. Yes. Very good. Uh, yeah, excellent King Kong film, Matt. Yeah, um, it is a great King Kong film, but it's also kind of weird because it's definitely not the classic King Kong story, which no. has a lot of emotional resonance as much as it does. It um, has some. It has some, but I mean, it's not like the same kind of thing where like the classic King Kong, you could sort of extrapolate that to like a lot of different viewpoints and see different meanings and stuff. But I mean, it's not that that's a negative. It's just that it's a very different thing. So as long as you're going and knowing that it's not a remake of the classic King Kong story, I think you're going to have a fun time because it's a big old monster mash. Yeah. like it, oh, By the way, another interesting thing. Um, it may be a monster the, mash, but is it also a graveyard smash? There is a scene in a graveyard <laughs> where things get smashed. So yes. yes. And right, burned. Um, and, uh, oh, the actress uh, from Pacific Rim, was she in this movie? She was not. No. I thought that was the same. No. No. Oh, all right. Same person. No. Ah, darn it. Although, they look kind of similar. Kind nope. of the character... Her character was kind of superfluous. Just like me. <laughs> That's not superfluous. We love having you on. Asian scientist lady is your spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> she was the... She what was, was her name? Oh, I don't remember her name now. That's the point. Uh, I don't even remember... I, I, have to, I don't remember all the she characters. She was there for some good jokes. Oh no. man, I didn't re I forgot that Tom Hilson's name was Conrad. James like Conrad, what? That was his name? <laughs> yeah, like no. as in Joseph Conrad. Yeah. God Reference. Uh, actually, I actually like a lot of these characters' names. They have pulpy names, like Samuel Jackson is Preston Packard. And, and uh, John C. Riley is Hank Marlowe. And then Brie Larson is Mason Weaver, which you get a couple of Those are jokes. two professions. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, that's a woman's name? And she's like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> she's a Jill of all trades. There we go. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to look at a couple of those. Oh, Tian Jing? Was that that's the her. actress? Again. Okay. She played San. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So that was our... So our basic thought on the movie is go see it. Yeah, and I think that's fun. what we say about most of the movies. We, we but say. this one, I think, is definitely worth seeing in the theater, and uh, it certainly delivered on my expectations. And yes. if you want to see another giant monster movie, if you are disappointed by Godzilla, if you were disappointed by other giant monster movies that have come out. I can't even think of it. <laughs> if you were disappointed best... by the fact that 10 Cloverfield Lane didn't have a giant monster in it, this is going to be good for you. Mm, interesting comparison. This is the best monster movie John I've Goodman. seen. John Goodman! Yeah, John Goodman. He was the giant monster in that film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Goodman John, was. John Goodman, you're a living treasure. Yes, don't, he is. Don't ever change. Just got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, Finally? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it only took long enough. This is the best monster I've seen since The Host. I'm cool. actually going to say. And maybe, like, I, I want to say since Jurassic Park, that's a tall order, but I I had the same giddy feeling I did when I saw Jurassic Park, and I could see myself even owning this on uh, 
on DVD and watching it. Well, every that's once in a while. pretty that's a pretty ringing endorsement. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I, let's I've... so let's spoil the hell out of this movie now. Okay. Spoilers in three, two. Rrr! Okay. It has a local name, but I'm warning you, Jack. It doesn't sound good. So, Welcome so, to the spoiler corner, where all the cool kids hang out. <laughs> See? Yeah. We're snapping our fingers. We still haven't gotten bongos. Cool. We need bongos. Anyway. I will get bongos. I'll make a note of that. Okay. So, lots of spare, unidentifiable characters. Well, uh, I mean, some of them get killed off right away when they come when they come across Kong. We should make that clear. But I don't think any of the distinct ones died at, at first. Mm, yeah, well, all, all the ones who were played by name actors, they lived. Mhm. <laughs> That's how it works, I know. But now, still. Now, here's a question though, because this is a like a, a kind of a hybrid war Vietnam what war movie, does it make sense though to have some grunts still alive though? Well, it does. I mean, think about Aliens. Okay. Aliens was a film, kind of a monster movie. Kind yeah, of, in a way, a little bit like film. this, you could yeah. say. I, I, I kept wanting to say during this, it's like, I, I kept wanting to quote Bill Paxton during this. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over. Yeah. No, what the and, fuck are we going to do? And when they're on the briefing on the ship, it's like, how do I get out of this chicken shit out? Yeah, they do have a briefing scene in this. I, I should have thought of Aliens. Bri- there's, always, there's always a briefing scene. Ah. Uh, and we just spilled some water. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm going to keep talking. Give me a second. Um, well, well, I will but say... But, I mean, think about that. You have all these people. Of course they should survive, because they're kind of like this, the crew in King Kong, like the original. The people who went out to, right. out to the island and fought all those dinosaurs who died. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's play some taps for I, those I dinosaurs. I guess somebody has to die, because all these monsters have to kill somebody. I had kind of a weird thing. It's like, well, how, then how do you balance them out? How do you make them interesting people? Mm-hmm. And that's really hard. Aliens did it really well. I mean, that's well, a hard act to Well, beat. part of the thing in Aliens, too, I mean, the main... Yeah, you do know that at least a good number of the main characters are going to live through a, a lot of what's going to happen. That's just how it goes in any of these movies. I will say there was one kind of weird moment for me yeah. where... Okay, so we talked. We kind of mentioned briefly that they're what were they called? Pteranodons. Dick pteranodons. Yeah, Dick. I thought they were just pterodactyls, but I guess that's not well, the same pterodactyls thing. Pterodactyls are a specific kind of pteranodon. So you say pteranodon when you don't know exactly what kind they are. Are we being scientifically like, accurate with this? It's yes. Like, there are lots of different rectangles. A square is one of them, but not all rectangles all right. are squares. So there's, there's this one character who 
God, I don't even remember. Was it the John? He was a scientist man with a mustache. <laughs> yes, scientist man with a mustache who wanted to go home to his family. And I think it was John Ortiz was the actor. He was, I think I'm looking at he's him like, now. He's the Landsat guy who's like, I, it's like I want to call off the mission. I don't, I'm, there's no way I'm getting on that chopper. And then it's like Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. John. Uh, no way I'm getting on that plane. <coughs> the and actor. Yeah, the actor is John Ortiz. He plays Victor Nieves, and and he he makes it actually pretty far he into has the movie. The most. Oh my god! He has the strangest death in this entire film. <laughs> He's just like on the boat and they're kind of like, I don't know what they're doing, they're just talking, they're having some conversation. They're having a hopeful moment. They're having a hopeful moment! It's like, oh, we've reunited with all our friends, we can all get together and finally get off and this And all island. of a sudden, this... And then all of a sudden... It's like these birds swoop in, pick him up, carry him off, and then you get and this then, shot where it's set against the backdrop of the sun. Wait, wait, his body is airborne and silhouetted against the setting yes, sun. Yes, yes. And you see the body torn apart. A bird comes along and bites his arm off. And it's, and it's just like, what the hell was that? And then they're like, and then all the people on the boat are like, well, well what do we do? And it's like, ah, forget it, he's gone. <laughs> He got the Katie McGrath death from Jurassic World. Yes, but it was much better than that. True. Because it, at least in this movie, we got to kind of know this character. In but, Jurassic World, we didn't even know who she was. And here's the thing. If he had died off, <coughs> but it's such a random thing because but there's no I will agree. Up. That there's, is random. There's, I, there is no build up to it. <laughs> and when after it happens, it's like no one really seems to give a damn. But <laughs> the weird thing is, it's like you know, the the Tyrannodons attack because earlier Sam Jackson shot one of them at a tree, and they all fly away to swarm. But then they go to the boat, which is not near where Sam Jackson's people are, and they pick only one guy. Like they don't like swarm and kill everybody in the boat. Just the most expendable dude. That's why it's so random too. <laughs> why wouldn't other ones come onto the boat and start attacking I mean, them? Think about like if Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> if they imagine they're on the orca, and then it's like you have Richard Dreyfus, uh, what's his name Shaw, and Robert uh, George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> yes, George are you doing Shaw, that again? God damn it! And then you have, you have Roy Scheider, and they're all on the boat, and like there happens to be like a fourth guy named Nick, and then like the whole film plays out. <clears throat> until you get to like that scene just before they do like the uh, Indianapolis scene and all of a sudden an octopus grabs Rick <laughs> and pulls him under and then the movie just goes on I, like normal. I, that, that's not quite fair because at least they introduced these winged things before. But yeah, but it wasn't as if they were established as a deadly threat. It was like -wise, Samuel was L. Jackson shot one and then the rest just took off without even attacking anybody else. And then all of a sudden, did, they I have to watch it again. Did he do to kill the one get... man who wasn't nearby? No, no, he didn't do anything no, to get picked off. No, <laughs> he had a mustache. That was it. And it's 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 hilarious because it's so discordant with the rest of the film. Yeah, no one else dies as randomly or as needlessly as this. A lot of it's other like deaths birds, have build up. It's like the birds are the scriptwriters <laughs> saying, "Well, we got no spot in the in the in the film for this guy later. Might as well kill him off here before but, we do anything." No, 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 more than that, the birds are the are script notes. There, the script. There. That's almost like the birds are a like a synonym for studio executives. <laughs> <laughs> Probably what happened was they were making the movie, 
And the director, who, by the way, I, I really like this director now that after he made this movie, he probably got Before a note I saying, hated him. <laughs> I didn't really, I, he actually is kind of a new guy. Like he, like oddly enough, like the guy that made Jurassic World, uh, J- Colin Trevorrow, this guy's named, I think, Jordan Von Roberts. It's a weird name. Um, That's... <clears throat> if I showed you his name, you would think it's a weird name. His name is, uh, yeah, Jordan Vogt Roberts. Is he Dutch? Because that's kind of uh, it looks like a Dutch, Dutch. name. How you, did I pronounce it wrong? I don't know. I'm just saying. It's like, right. oh, you think his name is funny? His unless name is Dutch. His name is hyphenated. That's a bad. What, what I'm saying is, though, he had this script, and he was like, oh, this is a really good script. I like working with this. And the studio was like, yeah, it's good, but we have a couple of notes. You have too many characters. You need to kill off a few here and there. He's like, well, I don't know how to do that. Here, just, just kill off this guy in this scene. He's like, fine, how do I do that? Well, but here's well I don't th- know. But here's the thing that makes this even more ridiculous. <laughs> because after that scene where everybody meets up, they all go through the Valley of the Bones anyway. They could have killed them off there. Well, I guess they went to the expense of having someone design these pteranodons and, like, animate them. And stuff. okay, <laughs> we have them in the movie. They need to do something because we're not making a new monster. Okay, it's, let's have them kill this guy because pteranodons are dicks. We all know this. It's still stupid as hell. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't... <laughs> and then, like, later on, you have the other scientist guy, the only man who's in a blue coat, played by Mark Evan Jackson. I don't oh, you know, know who that is. He's he was in. He, I I know him because he's in the thriller thrilling adventure hour. Oh really? Oh. He's been in other stuff. So he yeah, so so he's it. the one guy with a gun that is like kind of part he's of the, the guy military who says, group, but he's You're not, not a scientist. <laughs> yeah, well, he he's 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 the one who's asked like, are you coming with us? Or are you staying on the the porch? The porch. He's like, I don't want to stay on the porch. Yeah, and and he, but like that's another. He, Mark Evan Jackson in this film. Is kind of emblematic of my problem with it. Huh. He is there to say funny things. He doesn't do anything that has to do with the plot, and then he dies mm. in an indistinguishable way from everybody else. Mm. He he Kong just steps on it, and then there and you think about it, and I kind of th- and you know I kind of think man it's kind of a waste of. Mark Evan Jackson, but then it's like, well, everybody else is wasted in the same I, way. I don't, I, I don't know if I saw it quite as much as all of them were wasted. I, I all the minor characters are wasted. That even the, uh, oh, what's the actor's name? There's the act. There's another actor who played uh, Dr. Dre in Straight Out Compton. Uh, I'm trying to remember if it was, uh, him. No, no, no. Oh, I know Toby Kebbell was in this. Yeah. Oh, he was the motion capture for Kong. As, That's kind of cool. Yeah, Terry Notary also did mocap for Kong, so I guess maybe they switched on and off. Huh. Okay. Um, but no, no. Corey Hawkins was the actor. He was pretty useful. Mm. Like he was. I think they made. He was definitely a useful side character because he came in at, in tough moments and you know had like the the boat with the gun. He was also the other guy next to John Goodman. Yeah, he did things. What did his female Asian scientist counterpart do? She knew other things. She was there yeah, to help what out. What did she do? It, I, again, I, I, I see the problem with it. It didn't... It just, it's a matter of... It didn't bother me as much. You know what, what's worth bringing up? Okay. During the credits, there are, there's a really nice epilogue in this for... Uh, John C. Riley. The movie character. doesn't end on the note that I thought it was because there's this shot where 
the a lot the main the most of the main characters that we care about are kind of saved at the end, and then you have this shot that you sometimes see in movies where they show Kong beating his chest. He roars. The camera goes up to his eye, and I thought that's the end of the movie. I'm like, all right, this is a cool shot. This is a good way to end the movie, but then it goes into this eight millimeter type footage showing John C. Riley, who again he's been on this island for 28 years, returning home to his wife. And it's a nice little moment. Like, it doesn't it end great. in a way where you're It was applauding. a great epilogue. Yeah, and it shows and him just sitting down, drinking a beer and watching the Cubs. Um, meeting his son for the first time. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of touching. And, it's, and I think, in a way, it's better because they kind of put it in the credits. It kind of lets you be there. And you, you're like, oh, all these people are being acknowledged. But let's watch the film go on. And it's yeah. still kind of, and it's but it's still a cool little moment. I'm glad they put it in there. Yeah, well, he gets to have uh, an arc, you could say too, because um, he we, we get a little backstory about him that because we in the prologue of the movie he, we see how he and this Japanese soldier were put on this island. At first, they're fighting each other, and then Kong appears, and then it cuts away to the think about rest of the hell story. in the Pacific, except with a giant monkey. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I love Hell in the Pacific. There, I like that movie a lot. Imagine a Hell in the Pacific movie with Kong. Oh, man. And That's some... the prequel to... This prequel. Uh, to, the, to this prequel. I know, it won't get made. But um, but then you see, though, like, like, then when it cuts... When when John C. Riley in his older age is shown, he talks about how, like, he, his friend was killed. And so it adds some extra pathos to him. Like, yeah. I think that because of what is... How much they get right with the main characters. That Tom Hiddleston is a good character. Brie Larson is mostly a good character. Samuel Jackson, he's a type, but he really sells it as much as he can. Yeah, I mean, um, there's not there's not much groundbreaking about Jack, Jackson's character. It's just that you know he does it. Very he's here well. to here's here to work. Yeah, um, he he's here to be military Sam Jackson, uh, which I hadn't seen in a little while. Um, and uh, it uh, it's fun. It's actually kind. Of, this is just a side note. Uh, at the same theater we saw this at, Teaneck, they were also playing this documentary, which I talked about. Yeah. I think uh, I am not your Negro, right. where he narrates as the voice of James Baldwin. Right. So it's kind of a strange thing that the theater is playing these two very different Samuel Jackson movies at the same time. In one, he's a war crazed. Uh, uh, I'm gonna kill Kong no matter what because man is king. Yeah. And the other one, James Baldwin. And, um, and speaking the, 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 of characters, they get right. They get King Kong right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know a lot is said without you know because King Kong will just have a look. He, he, him and Brie Larson, they don't have the same type of thing like King Kong did with. Uh, and um, yeah, and Arrow, but... They don't play that up. No, but... Hey, oh, here's a question I wanted to ask you. Okay. So this is kind of mentioned in passing. You know, because John C. Riley he lands on the island in 1944. He mentions another ship came ten years before. Yeah, I was so thinking that. So are they kind of giving us... Is that a little bit of loaded extra backstory? I, I believe that that was a reference to the 30s King Kong. Oh, man. But that was, then that, I didn't pick up on but it. But then that subtle. doesn't make... But so but apparently, in, why, why? in this universe, the 30s King Kong expedition was a failure that never got to New York, is how I saw that. Ah, uh, so so they kind of rewrote the story of that King Kong, where maybe the ship comes 
to the island and everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah, because they also show the ship too. I right. I like that detail. I was just at first I was kind of wondering, huh? Because yeah, again, it's do we call it a soft reboot? I kind of hate that term. I mean, I when think we it's, it's more like a hard reboot because they're oh. not really keeping anything from no. the old Kongs aside from the concept of Kong. Yeah, yeah I'd go with that. Yeah, but then it's but then it's weird that they keep that but. Why even have that backstory then? As an Easter egg for crazy conspiracy film reviewers like us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and and it also gives Kong a good weapon in the final fight because he has that anchor, yes. uh, which is very. Which and he killer. basically becomes Scorpion. Get over here, <laughs> <laughs> Matt. That you win at comments. I, it's really good what they did with Kong in this one because you talk about. Yeah, Godzilla again. I'm gonna keep going back to Godzilla. Well, it, it's, it's, it's 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 fine because it's the same universe, and we are going to get a King Kong versus Godzilla movie eventually. Good. Whether that's next, I think they're doing Godzilla two before that. Maybe okay. I think the sequel to Godzilla is coming, yeah. which I'm so, kind of interested in because it's by the guys who do Krampus. But anyway, so it was. Why did Godzilla do what he did in in Godzilla? And they explain this because he wants to kill this Mudo because he wants to. And yeah. it's like, well, that's pretty weak. I mean, you could say, oh, he just likes to kill things. And it's like, well, okay, that's valid, but it's not particularly interesting. In this one, it's... Kong has this intelligence and he has this personality where it's... He fights these skull walkers because he wants to protect people. Yeah. Why does he want to do that? I'm not sure. But then he goes on to say the biggest Skullwalker killed the other Kongs. Yeah, his parents. Yeah. Which yeah. So there is a there there is a, a beef there. Yeah. There, there's and, real motivation. Um, and it, the whole reason he attacks the Choppers is because they are they're going to they wake up waking up the Walkers. And it's like, are these things logical? No. But are they consistent? Yes. Yes, and of you understand even if you don't understand why he does these things, you understand that there's a way Kong acts and his behavior is consistent. The rules that they create for this island are followed through. They make it just enough that you can follow it. They don't overcomplicate it too much. Yeah, and uh, and and yeah. So then, and then again, when you throw in Vietnam into the mix, it it adds another level to it. But it and it gives him and it gives Kong a reason to not kill everybody. Yeah, and to mm -hmm. and to actually fight against the monster that's the real threat. Also for Which, the also for the audience, like when you first see Kong, I was kind of terrified. Like, oh my God, Kong, he's he's bad. He's he's gonna get everybody because the trailers didn't really let you know what what Kong's motivation was. So then, when you after you get past that first attack, then. The next time you see Kong, he's actually by himself in the water, you know, nursing his wounds. Yeah. And there's that vulnerability to him. Yeah, he, he's bleeding and he's trying to, you know, soothe his wounds. He ends up fighting an octopus, but still. Well, that's sure. A, that might be a reference to King Kong versus Godzilla. Did he fight an octopus in that? Yes. Huh. Yeah. And of course, why would there be an octopus in a lake? On an island, <laughs> yeah, because it came from the hollow earth. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and then the interest. I think it's an interesting touch that they had with this Kong. Is like when they mm. first start shooting at Kong, 
He doesn't like shrug it off like Godzilla does. Mm. He puts up his hands and he's like, yeah, he, he cringes and he, and, and he, he kind of mm-hmm. shies away a little bit, but then he comes back and it's like, you get the sense he's not invulnerable. Yes. No matter how strong he is. And yeah, that's well, something, you know, Godzilla's always been invulnerable. Yeah. Well that it's, the, it's, it's basically the difference between, you know, Wolverine versus, uh, uh, insert character that can die an analogy is that Gojira is Superman and King Kong is Batman and we see this a lot because King Kong is the underdog even though they've scaled him up a lot he still isn't invulnerable but he has a tactical mind and he can use his environment as a weapon right like a really good scene that's it Godzilla has more of the might because he has the fire breath and he has other parts Godzilla has brute strength and, vul- and invulnerability. Yeah. And and King Kong is... He's strong, but he's not as strong. But, like, as... Matt, you just said it. Yeah. Tactical mind and using his, his surroundings. Also as an act... Also just as a character, because you can see his eyes and face more. Godzilla, he's just always like... Yeah, there's um, not a lot of facial right. range in Godzilla. Two more things I want to bring up. All right. The natives... Yeah. That was kind of an interesting touch. They it kind of were just there. Touch. They were kind of, in a way, like the rest of the Skull Island world. They, yeah. they weren't. They weren't personalities so much as just kind of like a backdrop. That here are the people that helped John C. Riley over the years. They they had an interesting look. It wasn't just like they were people covered in mud or wearing grass skirts <laughs> and stuff like that. In a way, they have like the ideal utopians. In a way, they're kind of like uh, Ewoks, except not cute. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, Anything and else you want to talk about before the, we wrap the it up? The post-credit scene. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, don't look too closely at the end credits because you'll be spoiled like 30 seconds before the end credit scene starts yeah. because it lists the characters. Well, if, if people are listening to this, they've obviously seen the movie. They've, they've they gone by now, yeah. So, again, <laughs> this is in the universe of Godzilla... Not only are we going to get King Kong versus Godzilla, we're going to get the other monsters. Could we get a Destroy All Monsters movie? Yes. Yeah. Is that in the works? This is... Possibly. Th- Good. This is the whole point of a cinematic universe. Ever yes. since Marvel did the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, uh, you I'm know, just curious, there's, though. There's been the big team-up. I and mean, we're going to get Justice League, and there's already been a Destroy All Monsters. Why not make another one? And this time, you could have it where... Uh, I'm just kind of curious that aside from King Kong and Godzilla, do the public at large, I'm not just talking about, you know, it's one thing with us, but do a lot of other characters care that much about like King Ghidorah and Rodan and Mothra? People might know about Rodan. Hmm. Uh, I think Mothra's a bigger Mothra, I think, is a bigger deal. Yeah. And I, I like Mothra quite a bit. I like I Mothra of... a, a lot, too, because Mo- Mothra is the one sort of benevolent monster of, could of Hollywood, the whole bunch. Could Hollywood make a good solo Mothra movie? Of course. Will they is the question. Yeah. <laughs> and will they have the little girls from uh, I, Matt, you Mothra. keep talking about you, you want like a squirrel girl movie. <laughs> I do. But, I mean, it, 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 is a modern studio going to be dedicated enough to the idea of a quality uh sort of uh, new like a squirrel uh, which is actually representative of what the squirrel girl character so i would say is hollywood gonna make a mothra movie which is consistent with yeah. mothra as we know I, it i mean are 
am I going to see a film where Mothra has two tiny fairy women who warn them about that? Yeah, about are we going? Well, Mothra attacking well, people. I, I I'm kind of looking forward to how they do a Ro- Rodan in in today's filmmaking because back Rodan will just randomly snatch up people and tear their arms <laughs> off. <laughs> Well, because, well, that's, Rodan... In that's the, where we seem to be going with this. Well, Rodan in the original movie kind of didn't look very good. That's just my opinion. But well, aside from that... I, I think a lot that, of the monsters don't look good anymore. But, I mean, but they're, they're, do a they're giant more, It's not as fun as some of the other ones. Well, Rodan I, only had one standalone movie, so... Yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to do a bunch is, of standalone movies, or if they're just going to throw in all the characters I, in one. I think they might be leaning towards throwing a bunch of them in the next Godzilla. Maybe not okay. all of them, it but would just be a good idea. fight established monster kaiju they that have, people care about. They have to correct a lot of things from the previous you Godzilla. Could, you could do with, with Mothra, because Mothra has had several standalone yeah, movies. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I would love me, to see Mothra I would love to one. see a standalone King Ghidorah film, because I think hmm. King Ghidorah is just cool. Yeah, and but Rodan is just like it's a giant flying dinosaur and yeah. has no elaborate backstory. Yeah, there's nothing to Rodan. I we don't know anything about, really about King Ghidra except but, for maybe a few interesting things. But I think that would be all kind of a really great idea because he's basically just like the villain monster that shows right. up to out villain Godzilla or whoever else is around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a super villain origin movie of King Ghidra. Would I don't know if it would <laughs> maybe kill too much of the mystery. But like be sort of like the Breaking Bad, the Kaiju world, maybe. <laughs> I will get Brian Cranston to do the voice of King Ghidorah. Yes. <laughs> King uh, Brian Cranston's character is resurrected as the worst monster in that universe. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, by the way, Here's I really how appreciate gonna... how they showed. I, I appreciate, by the way, in this movie how that end credit shows the monsters because yeah. it's kind of like in slides and like. You just almost see like the shadows yeah. of some of these characters. It, it's They're, a cave painting. Yeah. It's enough to get like the fans who really know really squeeing. And I was kind of squeeing. Yeah. It's kind of funny though because obviously the Godzilla movie takes place relatively now, and this movie was in, in the, the seventies. Yeah. So, but um, so Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson and the scientist people are still alive at the end of the movie, and they're saying, "Hey, welcome to Monarch." These are the, all the other monsters that are out there. So when they get around to doing their King Kong versus Godzilla and their Destroy All Monsters movies, are they going to have like Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston in old person makeup or like? No, yeah, they, yeah. Are they going to be like? They, pe- are they going to be like Peggy Carter? Or no. Something? They would do what they did to Kirk Douglas and Ant Man in the opening scenes. Oh. Kirk Douglas, sorry. <laughs> God damn it! It's okay. Uh, we're um, to that. sum it all up. <laughs> my, yeah, he, maybe here's, he just, here's how we're gonna. Michael know, Douglas has seen better days. Here's how we're gonna see. Here's how we're gonna know if this series is headed in the right direction. They start adding mechanical body parts and mechanical devils. <laughs> you want to get to where they have Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla film. Woo! <laughs> let's let's give it some time. Green space apes. <laughs> you know what would actually be a nice thing though if they do bring in space beings and outer space characters because there's like a very brief moment where John Goodman says in passing, ah, outer space. Don't be ridiculous. He says something like that. I think, well, King Ghidorah is from space, so I think that's a great way to tie it in. But King Ghidorah's been on Earth for all this time. Yes. As evidenced by King King, So King Ghidorah, in a way, will be like the Guardians of the Galaxy of these movies. It'll introduce outer space into 
this world. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, the very opening line of this movie is really fun. Where John Goodman says, like, uh, uh, oh, what, what, what this was is, Believe me, this is the most messed up Washington will ever be. Yeah, or screwed up. Uh, no, no, mark my words. This is the most screwed up Washington will ever get. Actually, <laughs> that's why I think this movie's kind of political. It's actually, I think the first line in this movie <coughs> was ah! from yeah. the prologue. That's not one. <laughs> Somebody had to write John C. Riley's younger self screams. Uh, I'm not Kirk Douglas <laughs> Kirk Douglas and George Bernard Shaw in Jaws versus King Kong <laughs> I think we've done it John All right. and let's end it right there okay so the point is we recommend Kong Skull Island I think we're slightly variant as far as how we'd recommend it but I think we're kind of on the same page I would recommend it with my mouth <laughs> as opposed to other parts of your body yes as opposed to like your <laughs> I don't want to go there. Um, I recommend this highly. This is a uh, probably one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had the movies in a while. Certainly um, since Lego Batman. Uh, it's got a better I, King Kong in it than Lego Batman. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> this is the second movie in a month for Warner Brothers with King Kong. Well done. Um, I uh, um, well this this year so far has been pretty good for movies with, between Lego Batman, Get Out. Uh, I liked Logan quite a bit, and now we have this. That's a movie. I liked Logan quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on Hugh Jackman's Twitter. Uh, that's the actual name of the movie, according to All him. All right. So, so we li really like it a lot. So I'm yeah. Andrew. I'm Jack, and you can find Matt at? At mattthecatania.wordpress.com. Yes, and follow us on all the Facebook and Twitter and other places that you can get. If you have any thoughts about this movie, please send them to wagesofcinema at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page and leave us a comment uh, or tell us if we're wrong about any of the things that we mentioned. Cause we thrive on adversity. Yes, we, 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 we pound our chest at it. So with that, uh, the Wages of Cinema is death. <laughs> Good night. Here's a banana. looking at is a monster from some bygone era. It's trying to show that man is king.